that's the kind of thing where I feel like if only we could start our own version of it. Right. And call it Super Eat. <laughs> <laughs> wow. When you start thinking of things that rhyme with Uber, it doesn't go in a good direction. No. <laughs> Welcome to Too Real Tokyo. I'm Angie. I'm Jamie. This is a podcast about the quirks and quandaries of life in Tokyo and life in general. What is your quirk this week? My quirk is bicycle delivery guys. Not guys who deliver bicycles. Oh, right. (laughs) Just to be clear. (laughs) Just to be clear. But... Delivery guys who deliver using a bicycle. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe this happens in the city in the States, too. I'm... I mean, I think it's normal in New York. Okay. I'm from Michigan, so I've never seen these before until I lived here. I also don't actually firsthand <laughs> know what's normal in New York, but I do like to read the New York Times. Oh, well, so. connection. I mean, however tenuous. <laughs> Go on. Um, I was lounging at Starbucks before uh, church last week, and I was sitting in my favorite spot that looks down upon this city crossing. Um, It's on the third floor. And I saw a guy bicycling, and he had a pretty big carriage behind him, and I think it was the Yamato Transport guys, um, which they deliver packages here in Japan. And so he was on a bicycle and he had like a normal bike basket behind him. And then he had this like big carriage thing behind him, which he had, I'm sure like boxes and stuff inside. You can't see inside. Um, but, um, downtown, I, I mean, there are some bicycle delivery things that happen in our city, but I feel like it's more downtown where it's just easier to get around by bike and to get to the little stores in big places where there are a lot of stores, um, they use the bicycle delivery men. Yeah. I think that um, out here in the suburbs, <laughs> we don't have people delivering things by bicycle because however small it is around here, it's still more spread out than it is right downtown. Right. Yeah. So I think the suburban version of that around here is people delivering things on little motorbikes. Ah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's still, to me, like, not really the same thing as, say, Southeast Asia. I mean, when I was in Bangkok in the summer and I saw how, like, all of life is intensely focused on people doing things via little 50cc Mm -hmm. scooters, Mm -hmm. including transporting people around. Mm -hmm. Um, then I was like, whoa, this is a whole different level. And that's not what's happening here. No. Um, but there is a lot of, like, even restaurant delivery, Mm -hmm. your beloved McDonald's delivery, (laughs) um, you know, Domino's pizza delivery, Mm -hmm. whatever. Those are all on little motorcycles. And even the post office, too. They deliver. that's true. The post office delivers a lot of things Mm -hmm. on little red motorcycles. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so that was my quirk, just the different way we do delivery in the city slash suburb of Tokyo. I mean, I do wish that Uber Eats would be a thing. Um, I am on the email list for Uber Eats for when they finally get to our area. They keep saying they're going to come, and they're so close. They're in, like, Nerima right now. Really? Yeah. Whoa. So I'm hoping that they'll keep expanding out this way. But That's the kind of thing where I feel like if only we could start our own version of it. Right. And call it... 
super eaten. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you start thinking of things that rhyme with Uber, it doesn't go in a good direction. No. (laughs) Okay, never mind. Whoa, I just started thinking deeply about that. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's just like no good anything. We could do Let me say, cougar eats. There you go. Good job. Wow. But even that's like you had to change the B to a G. Right. To get into yeah. safer territory. Right. <laughs> okay, moving what, on. What is your quandary for this week? <laughs> Besides the fact that my mind automatically thinks of things that rhyme and then it just like goes downhill. I think we thought of the same one. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um... Oh, I might need more time to think about it. I didn't think about it yet. Oh, okay. Plus, I wanted it to be New Year's related. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, this is more like just my personal quandary, but, and I have this quandary about life in general, but I'll just go carry on with talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it's the fact that lately, over the last two or three years, we've established a family tradition of going to this lodge in... Nagano, mm-hmm. so that our kids can go skiing and we can hang out. It's a really nice place. I like it. Mm-hmm. I don't mean any of what I'm about to say to sound like I don't like going there, because I love going there, and I'm really glad that we go. But the friends that we started going there with had established a precedent of being there over New Year's, mm-hmm. and I do feel a little bit conflicted about that, because mm-hmm. I feel like... As much as I love being there, if the scheduling was purely up to me, I probably wouldn't choose to mm-hmm. be there over those few days because mm-hmm. I think um, some of the things that are traditional for Japanese people to do around New Year's are really fun. Like, and I, you're going to be like, why didn't I see this coming as soon as I say this? Oh, man. But <laughs> one of the things that is a big tradition is to get up early and see the first sunrise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that and I really want to do that but mm. I feel like when I'm at this lodge okay there's no rule that I can't do that but it's way colder there and it's mm, super yeah. up in the mountains but it's and, probably beautiful well it probably is but I don't know I just like honestly I, you'd before, have to put like 20 layers on yeah I just don't feel equipped mm-hmm I don't know. I mean, maybe I need to get over my reasons that I'm making up for not doing that and just go ahead and do that. But what I'm trying to say is um, I feel a tension and slash quandary of I've already planned to go there and I'm fine with going there, but some of the things I wish I could do feel like they would be more easy slash fun to do if I was here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I yeah. Mean, in our rest of our talk about New Year's, we can say what some of the other things are, but... Yeah. In summary, my quandary in my whole life is wishing I could be in two places at the same time. Mm, so true. <laughs> we have a loose plan for this episode. Oh, come on. It's a great It's a great <laughs> It is plan. a great plan. Um, I was just thinking while you were talking... Uh, you were thinking of... while I was talking? How dare you? <laughs> I was tracking and thinking. You should thinking. be listening with an empty mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> our family has the tradition of doing skiaki for New Year's. Oh, whoa, I didn't know that. Nice. Yeah. Um, every year, skiaki is basically you have a hot pot in the middle 
of your table and you prepare all the ingredients before you start your meal um, and keep those separate. And then as you go, um, it, it's like this pot of soy sauce and like a base, a soup base. And then um, you have this plate of usually different kinds of noodles and a plate of cabbage and other vegetables. And you mix all of those together and you cook it in, and usually there's meat and you cook it all in this big pot together. Um, and so that is our family tradition that we get together and do that uh, New Year's Eve. And um, that's been our family tradition as long as I can remember. Uh, and usually it's just family. We usually don't have friends over for New Year's. Um, but because sometimes we celebrate with family friends in between Christmas and New Year's for mm. both. Mm-hmm. So New Year's usually tends to be more of just a close family uh, tradition. But that's probably one of my favorite family traditions we have is doing skiaki at New Year's. Yeah, that's really good. Um, that reminds me, sorry, I know Christmas was on our last episode, mm-hmm. but I forgot to talk about, um, how we've had a recent family tradition of eating pizza on Christmas. Um, the reason is after we moved here five years ago, initially we just felt very tight in our budget and we didn't have a car And we weren't able to go to Costco, which I consider the premium supplier for pizza. Um, I mean, their pizza isn't the most artisan or whatever, but it certainly is the biggest and has the most toppings. Pizza in Japan is expensive, people. Pizza in Japan is expensive. The one in Costco, therefore, is certainly the most economical. And it doesn't taste bad. It's pretty good. I like it. Um, But anyway, because of all those limitations, for the first... I don't know, a year or longer after we had moved here, I felt like we couldn't have pizza. Mm. Like, it just felt like it was too expensive. Mm -hmm. It was too out of reach. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to get it. And so I just remember, I don't know if it was that, it was probably that first Christmas when I was like, okay, it's Christmas and we can eat whatever we want. So what is that? That's like getting a delivery pizza. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel weird even saying this because... Now, we've bounced back enough that we could get a delivery pizza whenever we want to, but mm-hmm. back in those days of five years ago, that wasn't true, and so right. it was super exciting that we got pizza on Christmas. Um, so, yeah, that's, I don't know, that's not as cool as your skiaki tradition, but I still feel like it's kinda, But it's still fun. It's yeah. a fun family thing. Yeah, no, it is fun. Started. In fact, I'm glad that you reminded me about that, because it makes me feel like, okay, this year... It would be really fun to, like, keep that up, but try to go a little bit next level with it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. maybe we can get our pizza from somewhere else. Maybe we can go somewhere that we don't usually go. I don't know. I have yeah. to think about it a little bit more. But I have a Japanese idiomatic phrase to talk about, unless you have one to talk no, about. No, I don't, but before you move on, uh, let it be made known that we love pineapple pizza. <laughs> and we also have a song about it. So, therefore, your love for pineapple pizza can never be as great as ours. End of story. Whoa. That was such fighting words to to our... I mean, you want to take our listeners down to just one instead of two? 
I mean, I'm one of the listeners, so... Oh, wait, what? (laughs) I feel like I didn't know that this whole time. (laughs) Also, please don't be offended right here, but I think it's more you're the one who loves pineapple pizza. No, I know. I mean... I wanted to include you, though. Well, thank you for including me, but I just want to admit that I tolerate pineapple pizza, but it's really, like, not my favorite. Okay, everybody's love cannot be matched by my love of pineapple pizza. Whoa. Also, are we going to admit about our song or no? Okay, we may have ripped off a popular hymn. <laughs> is it is that a hymn? Is that considered a hymn? Isn't it? I don't know. Like what Okay, sorry. That would be such a rabbit trail, but I just feel like <laughs> a hymn is a song that was written 200 years ago. Oh. And that song was written by Michael W. Smith. Oh, right. <laughs> in in the time Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Okay, so I was talking about our pineapple pizza song, which is based on this song by Michael W. Smith. And actually, are we allowed to say Michael W. Smith? I feel like I don't understand the rules. I mean, of show how notes. You... We'll link. We'll link Michael W. Smith in our show notes. Well, no, I just don't understand. Like, if you play, we cannot play his song. Okay, but you're allowed to say his name. Yeah. I mean, that's weird, right? It's not like he's God or something. Right. It's not like Yahweh. <laughs> Okay, anyway, I did not know that the official name of that song is called Agnus, Ag, Agnus Day. Oh, Agnes, neither did I. Agnes, I don't know, even know how to pronounce it, but that's the official name, and it was released in 1990. Oh. Which is separate from future research I need to do about when does something get to be called a hymn. <laughs> right. Anyway, if... All two people listening could just imagine, what if, instead of saying Alleluia, you said pineapple pizza? That's how it sounds. If you really want to know, maybe one time when we get more followers, we'll do it on, like, Instagram Live or something. Ooh. Instagram Live? That's so much pressure. (laughs) How about a short panel and an Insta story? Uh, yeah, we can do that. Is it considered infringing if we use that melody? I don't think so, because we're changing the words. Whoa. Okay. Things we don't know about. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, what I was going to talk about for... Idiomatic a, phrase. A Japanese phrase. This isn't really an idiomatic phrase. I'm sorry that a I phrase. keep on... Yeah. Sorry that I keep on not being as idio- audi- idi- <laughs> <laughs> idiotic. Idiomatic. Wow. Audi. What a nice car. Um, whoa, Freudian slip. <laughs> whoa. Um... I wanted to talk about at New Year's, what is the thing you have to say? When you see someone for the first time ah, yeah. at New Year's, then you have to say, which literally means congratulations on the opening, <laughs> but it's like the opening of the new year. So a thing that I like about that phrase is it's not, the rule is the first time you see somebody after the new year, that's what you have to say. And it's not limited by if you saw them on January 1st. Mm -hmm. Like, even I would say well into the middle of January, if that's the first time that you've seen somebody um, in that new year, then it's still okay to say it. So I like that. It reminds me of how, I think we've talked about this before, but the first thing you say to somebody in a day when you see them is ohayo gozaimasu, Mm. which means good morning. But there's a really strong connotation with 
that's the first time I've seen you today. Mm -hmm. So even though there are rules about which greeting do you use at what time of the day, like, ohayou gozaimasu, in my mind, goes to maybe, like, 10.30 or 11. Mm -hmm. And after that, you have to switch to konnichiwa, which is just a generic hello for the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. However, the exception to that rule is if it's somebody you see pretty regularly, but for whatever reason on that day... It's like noon or it's one and you still haven't seen them yet, then you could still mm. say ohayou gozaimasu. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I don't, was I talking with you about how I was trying to tell somebody that and they like didn't believe me? Really? Yeah. Well. Well, I was telling them that I learned that because I was at a store and it was like well late into the afternoon, but I could see they were kind of having a shift change or something. Mm. And so the person who had just arrived, everybody else, who was just seeing them for the first time that day, uh, said, ohayou gozaimasu. Uh-huh. And I was like, justified. Like, okay, I'm not just making this yeah. up. Um, so anyway, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. I like that too. Yeah. Okay, this is about New Year's. Go ahead. Do you have something to say about New Year's? You already said the skiaki thing. Yeah. Um, My pet peeve of New Year's. Whoa. Okay. I do not like the word resolutions because... Even if it's the title of this episode. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Because I am not good at setting a goal and achieving that goal in a year setting. I can do small goals. I can even do bigger goals over like several months, but... I just remember, like, the first couple times I se- I heard of, uh, I almost said revolution. First couple times I heard of a New Year's resolution um, was, like, in middle school at Sunday school. And they were like, make a New Year's resolution for Jesus. Um, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, I just remember very clearly one year getting to the end of the year and having not met, like, any of my resolutions. And so, um, being in middle school or high school, I was like, wow, you're such a failure. And, like, you couldn't even do these simple three things. Or I thought they were simple type thing. And so, I think from then on, I mean, <clears throat> if I'm being completely 100% open, um, I have a lot of negative self-talk anyway. And so... Um, uh, I think from then, like, I always associated New Year's resolutions with something really negative, at least for myself. And so I, I like to set goals at the new, at the beginning of the year. And I think now I'm probably in a healthier relationship with the word New Year's resolution. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to have a relationship talk about <laughs> what is my relationship with New Year's resolutions. Hmm. Let's define that right now. <laughs> but I do like setting goals because I think that's good. I think it keeps me on track, but just the the wording brings back unwelcomed memories. Sure. That's okay. 
Um, I didn't feel like probing the depths of my... <laughs> I'm sorry that became so deep so quickly. I don't know what happened. Wow. Um, emerging from the... Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> wow. I need to go to therapy. That's my resolution for it's this fine. year. It's fine. It's fine. Calm down. Okay. I mean, maybe that's true, but... <laughs> Saying it to myself as well. Speaking to myself. Mm. Um, <clears throat> what I was going to say is... Uh, I was talking about going and seeing the first um, sunrise. Yeah. It's one mm-hmm. of the things that people do uh, in reference to how is New Year celebrated in Japan. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's really big, um, and I don't, I don't necessarily do this, but I feel still a little more connected with it than some of the other things, and that is they have this show on TV that's called The Red and White Song Battle. And it's sponsored by NHK, mm. and um, they gather up a whole bunch of the recent popular artists, and then they put them in teams, and it's the red team versus the white team, and then they sing songs, and I think somebody judges them. I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know all the details because I'm not a big TV watcher, but... Uh, your sister-in-law, for example, is extremely dedicated. Yes, she is very dedicated to that, to that show. show. There's another show. Um, Isn't there one that goes on for, like, 72 hours straight or something? Probably, and I honestly don't know if that's the same one that I'm thinking of or a different one, but there's another show that my kids and their friends like to watch. Uh-huh. I think this Red and White Song Battle show is starting to be considered kind of, like, a little bit of old people thing. Uh-huh. Um, which I'm not surprised because when I researched it just before, it says that it was reached its peak of popularity during the 60s and 70s. Whoa. Yeah. So it's been going on for a pretty long time. Yeah. But when you think it was at its most popular in the 60s and 70s, the people who are still watching it now are the people (laughs) who were alive back then. Right. So not necessarily a favorite with young people these days, Mm -hmm. even though it's still going pretty strong. Um... The show that my kids and their friends like to watch, I thought it was called Warate Itomo, but I'm probably saying that wrong. I It's some kind of, um, again, it's like a contest or kind mm-hmm. of a battle-ish thing, and there's a whole bunch of comedians, and they try to make each other laugh. Oh, so, oh that's the one. That's yeah, the one yeah, I was yeah. thinking of. So... If you laugh, you lose. Uh-huh. But, like, the things that they do to try to make each other laugh are super over the top. <laughs> like, I don't know how they don't laugh. Mm. But they don't. Like, sometimes they do, of course. But a lot of times they don't, which I is, would lose. like... I would lose on that show. I don't know. I'd be the first person out. But, so, it was so... <laughs> excuse me. It was cute last summer because when my kids were together... With your nephews and some other kids out at that, um, that place we like to go near Mount Fuji. I don't know why I'm sounding like a mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, keep guessing what I'm talking about, everybody. (laughs) When we were there, they started playing that game. Like, they played it like it was a game. Uh. And they would, like, all of them would sit in a row. And then one person would have to do something and try to make (laughs) all the rest of them laugh. And so they, the thing that, the one thing they were doing, which was super funny, is they were, like, pouring a bunch of water in their mouth. Oh, no, 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 sorry. To test whether they had laughed or not, all of the people who were 
all of them who were watching had to fill up their mouth with water. <laughs> so then if they started laughing, it would be super obvious mm-hmm. because they would, like, spray all this water out of their uh-huh. mouth. So that was really funny. Was this game played outside? This game was played outside. Okay, good. (laughs) Yeah, thankfully for the cleanup situation, this game was played outside. My um, youngest daughter was surprisingly successful at making people spray their water out. So yeah, yay, yay. Um. Anyway, that's one of the other shows Mm. because the New Year's thing still is much more, and I think we were mentioning this in our last episode, mm-hmm. but it's pretty family-oriented in the sense of people tend to go to where they're from and then hang out at home mm-hmm. with their family. Yeah. So TV watching will right. ensue, and most people tend to be watching one of those two mm-hmm. shows. Um, and actually, so that's what we end up doing, even when we're at this place in Nagano, mm-hmm. Um, it's called North Star. I don't know why I'm trying to sound cryptic about that either. Um, we can link it in our show notes if anybody how, wants to go visit how there. How mysterious we are today. <laughs> not sponsored. This is not an ad. Hashtag not I mean, an we, ad. we would like ads, but we don't have any yet. Whoa. <laughs> okay. So if uh, you'd like to be a sponsor. Yeah, right? <laughs> Campaign. Um... Then on on New Year's Eve, we do tend to... The TV's on there, and we can say which channel we want to watch, so the kids do watch that show. Fine. Yeah, it's fun. Um, What else was I going to say about New Year's? I think I already said the envelope money thing. Yeah, we said that in our last episode. Okay, another thing that people do is at midnight... Wait, hold on. Pause for a second. Sorry. I don't know a lot about New Year's, hence why Jamie is not only filling you in, she's filling me in on New Year's. True. This episode is so educational. It is. Um, Another thing people do is at midnight they eat noodles. Mm. Specifically, they eat buckwheat noodles, Mm. soba, and the significance, like almost all of the food-related or even the decorations are really big. All of the things are connected with long life. It's supposed to be mm. a sign of long life. So, for example, when you're eating these noodles, noodles are long. So, that means long life. Mm-hmm. Or the things that people decorate with, um, I didn't know that many details about them, but often they'll have some kind of an orange on them. I mean, orange, the fruit. And the reason is because there's kind of a pun or a, it's like a double meaning with, a way you can pronounce the word for orange can also mean generational. Mm. So then it's, the word is dai-dai. Dai-dai means orange, but dai-dai, if you write it with a different um, kanji, kanji, can also mean generations. Mm, so that's like a long life thing. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but the decorations are really significant. Like there's pine and plum. And, and usually there's a... Mm, wreath would be the wrong word, but there's usually a decoration that you hang on your door, correct? Or next uh-huh. to your door that is part of the new year. I don't really know much about that. I just know that you do that. No, that's true. And it, it actually, it is like a wreath. Um, I mean, that's it's interesting, right? Because even the decoration thing is like almost an exact flip with... Yeah. And, you know... 
um, an American idea of decorating. Right. Probably some of the things we're saying also go with Europe or other countries, but right. cannot say because I do not know. Right. Um, <clears throat> okay. Um, people, uh, we didn't mess, mm, uh, we didn't mention this in our Christmas episode, but we did talk about, uh, like, light decorations on houses, but even wreaths or door decorations are not common at Christmas, but they are common at New Year's. Okay, this is what I wanted to say, because it was very interesting, even though I just learned it from this article in Tokyo Chipo. Thank you, Tokyo, Tokyo Chipo, even though I can't pronounce your name. Um, you'll have to send me both of those articles so I can link them in the show notes. Okay, you're right. Or airdrop them. Okay, the, th- this, the one that looks kind of like a wreath, and you're supposed to hang it at on your door or at an entrance, and it's called kadomatsu. It has bamboo shoots, and they have to be different lengths, and that's a sign mm-hmm. of prosperity. Mm. It has pine needles? It's not pine needles. It's like a, like little, a little branch. Little short pine branch. Yeah. Even though I just said short, that's supposed to be a symbol of longevity. <laughs> <laughs> and then a plum branch, and that symbolizes steadfastness. Huh. I haven't been working lately on developing my steadfastness, so I guess I need to think about that a little bit more. Um, and then, oh, those, you usually burn them after January 15th. Whoa. I don't know. <laughs> that just got really aggressive. I don't know. Like, I don't prosperity, know. prosperity, hope for the new year, longevity, burn it on the 15th. <laughs> Whoa. So violent. <laughs> um, well, it says here in this article... These decorations are said to be the temporary dwelling places of gods who visit to bless mm. humans. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you burn it, then you symbolize that you understand that it was temporary. I guess so. I guess. I don't know. Okay. And then the other thing that's we commonly see is called shimekazari. And those you hang above a door and it has a rope on it. Mm-hmm. It's a rope, and it has pine, and mm-hmm. then that's the one that commonly has orange on it, too. Ah, uh, okay. Um, what does the orange symbolize again? Generations? Yeah. Well, it says, a symbol of posterity. Oh, whoa. But I mean, I guess <laughs> it's posterity in the sense of um, long generations, right? Right, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, that's interesting. Side I note. Mean, what? Go ahead. Um, I think that's one reason I just really, really, really love Japanese culture is that there's always a meaning with every kind of decoration or, like, I don't know. I I know there's meaning behind Christmas decorations and some of the traditions that we have in the U.S., but I feel like in Japan they're very intentional about different symbols that they have during different times of the year Mm -hmm. and what that means for your family. And that probably goes a little bit into Shintoism. But, um, I just really, for some reason, that just always is so cool to me that there's, there's always an extra meaning to that. And even, like, um, names. I think names are so interesting here because, um, parents are very intentional about picking kanji for your name, um, and, like, the meaning behind that. I mean, we pick names in English, too, for that, for that meaning, for meaning, but I feel like, I don't know, there's almost an extra step that goes into, like, 
carefully putting together kanji for <clears throat> for your children. Yeah. And I think that's really beautiful and that's one thing that I really really love about Japanese culture. Yeah, I agree with you. That's really cool. Okay, I wanted to say two other things about New Year's. Yes. So one other um, thing that's really big at New Year's is sending New Year's greeting cards. Mm. Ne- they're called Nengajo. And Christmas cards are not popular like they are in the States. Christmas cards are not popular. It says in this article, I'm sorry, all my source material is this one same article, but <laughs> uh, it says families and businesses send them. Young adults don't necessarily send them as much anymore. <laughs> but um, families and businesses still send them, and it's the Japanese equivalent of a holiday greeting card. And I bet you didn't know that the ones that are sold at the post office have numbers on them that are part of a lottery. Mm -hmm. And if you keep the cards that you get that come from the post office series that have numbers on them, and then you go and check, you can win a prize. Whoa. I don't think it's like a really super big deal prize. Right. But there you go. It's like a side bonus. Um, I appreciate that tradition because I seem to these years, even though I really love Christmas cards and I feel so sad that people mostly don't send them to me very much anymore, Mm -hmm. but I really love them. I love especially like even when people write a letter, I always read everything they wrote. I really like having a picture of somebody's family. Mm -hmm. I understand that these days, like whichever picture of somebody's family, I could probably go into Facebook and find one and print it out. But I feel like for my personal self, that's like too much work that I just never get around to doing. other things you could be doing. All right. So if somebody sends me a card with their picture, I love that so much. Mm -hmm. And I treat it like a piece of gold. Um, However, having said that, I don't seem to be very good at actually producing our Christmas card in these (laughs) years, so I appreciate the New Year's thing because it makes me feel like I could somehow do it by New Year's. Right. Um, So thanks, Japan, for giving me that extension. The last thing I was going to talk about is this fukubukuro. It means happy bag, Mm. and they're... It's a common, like, retail marketing thing around New Year's that stores will put random things in a mystery bag and then kind of sell it at a reduced price. Um, and I, any store would have it. Like, even these really expensive department stores, mm-hmm. like, yeah. fancy clothes or whatever, they would still have it. Like, okay, their bag, quote bag, probably costs $1,000, but then in a way, it's still a good deal because the pieces of clothing that you'll get in there, if you add up the value, would be then worth... Yeah, way more than that. That's an extreme example that I'm just kind of making up because it's not like I've ever done that. (laughs) Um, But I've heard people talking about it, so I guess it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. I personally am a fan of the one that they have at Tully's Coffee. Yes. Um, And that's the one that I usually faithfully buy. Although, sadly, we were just looking at the brochure, and I'm not Mm -hmm. sure that I want to get it this time. Yeah. Um, I might have to. I feel bad if I am disloyal to my usual fave coffee shop, but I might have to find a different one to buy this time. Well, and their summer happy bag was so much nicer. I feel like. Yeah, I really true. liked that one. That one was good. 
It's fine. Um, maybe you can set ship. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, maybe you can shed some light on, I think it's a New Year's thing, um, at department stores. I just don't know the whole story. At department stores... Um, you can get these boxes. You can order boxes of food or... Okay, sorry. I didn't talk about that at all. You're right. Uh, <clears throat> I just, I don't know the whole entail. But, like, there's tables set up for people to come in and order these for other people as a gift. Or, I don't really know. No, you're right. I talked about the noodles. But the other thing at New Year's is this... Um, New Year's food, it's called Osechiryori, and um, it's it's usually they come in boxes, and then there are different, a lot of variety of side dishes, but all of them have symbolic meaning Mm. that's related with New Year's, Mm -hmm. but even, like, the other symbolic, I don't know if symbolic is the right word. The other meaning of those dishes that I've learned about before was all of them are things that they tend to be, like, pickled or they mm. they somehow are fine for a few days at room temperature and they don't go bad quickly. Mm-hmm. And the reason for them to be like that is because even from, like, generations ago, that time of year was, like, the only time when moms or whoever was in mainly in charge of the food preparation for the household would be kind of allowed to take the day off Mm, or take the few days off and take a break. Mm -hmm. So if this osechiryori, this food that's like doesn't need to be heated up, doesn't need to be prepared, it's just there. Mm -hmm. If that's around, then when it's time for people to eat something, they don't have to be like, mom, can you make whatever? Because it's there. So... I don't know if that's actually the main significant meaning, but that's the one that I like. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think if somebody were to Google it and learn about the individual dishes, there's other meanings that go with the different things. Um, Maybe we can find some kind of article to link in the show notes. Yeah, probably. There's also this soup. It's called Ozoni. It Mm. has um, mochi in it. That's Mm. pounded rice cakes. And, um, sorry, I don't like mochi, (laughs) so I don't know anything about it. Mm. But when we're at North Star, the lady who cooks for everybody always makes it and serves it, and it's really nice, but I don't like it, so I don't (laughs) eat it, and I don't know, um, about it. But yeah, there you go. That's what I know. Woo! Woo! Yay! All right. Okay. Thanks for learning more about New Year's with me, guys. Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't know. Thank you for teaching me about New Year's. Yeah. It, is it going to be past New Year's when this episode comes out? Or um, it's, not safe, it's not safe for us to say, Akemashite o medito gozaimasu, uh, or it is. Because that's the one thing. If people think that means Happy New Year in a broad sense, it doesn't. You're not allowed to say it until mm-hmm. it's like literally actually... January 1st. Mm-hmm. Whoa, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Oh wait, well maybe we want to say this too. Our first series, mini series, we're starting. We are going to be talking a little bit about the Enneagram. Probably just two episodes, maybe three. And we really want to dive deeper into the Enneagram. So if you want to kind of be caught up or know what we're talking about, we're not going to do base level Enneagram. Um, so we'll link some resources in the show notes. Another podcast to listen to would be Typology by... Typology. Typology. <laughs> Typology by Ian Morgan Crone. He has a really good one. Isn't it Cron? Oh, Cron. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, Ian. <laughs> no, because he's listening right now. Right. He's one of our two listeners. Surprise! <laughs> wow. <laughs> I learned so much right now. Our two listeners are you and him. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, the book also co-authored by him called The Road Back to You is a great place to start. Gives you a good overview. Um, of course, going on to Enneagram Institute is another good place. Taking any of the free quizzes online, though that doesn't specifically tell you what number it is, it could give you a good place to start. That's all for this time, everyone. What are your recent quirks or quandaries? Tokyo-related or not, let us know on Instagram at 2RealTokyo. That's T-O-O Real Tokyo. You can follow Angie on Instagram at PhotoFreak, P-H-O-T-O-F-R-E-E-K. And you can follow Jamie on Instagram at Jamie in T-Y-O. That's J-A-M-I-E-N-T-Y-O. Bye! Bye!